Fall is coming. Let's get going. L.L. Bean wants to help you make the most out of this spectacular season with gear tips and advice for heading outdoors. For fall hikes, when it's cold in the morning and warm in the afternoon, layering becomes very important. You don't want to get chilled and you don't want to sweat through your clothes either. A good rule of thumb is to start out dressed as if the temperature is 10 degrees warmer than it is. So once you start generating body heat, you won't get overly hot. For more tips, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. This week, our friends Jamie and Clay join us to talk about our adventure from Baja, Mexico up to Alaska. And we are coming to you from our first annual homecoming rally in Amena, Iowa. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode number 294 of RV Mile. And we are two RVers who are hanging out with a group of people here in Amana, Iowa. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and so much more. Thanks so much again to Dave Treview, Abby's father, for playing the intro theme song. It's our first time hearing somebody else play it other than the the original. What's funny about our theme song is it's actually called Kansas City Heartbeat, and Abby and her family are all from Kansas City. So um, it's kind of cool to hear Dave from Kansas City playing Kansas City Heartbeat. I know. I got a little emotional, and I was like, <laughs> don't cry. You're not wearing waterproof mascara. <laughs> We are, uh, like we said, coming to you from our first homecoming rally in Amana, Iowa. Uh, This has been just a a great time for us. It's the first time we've been able to have a gathering in two years. We had our first one a couple of years ago, and uh, and it was a real small group, and that was a lot of fun. We were able to get some more rigs out here today. We've got about 40 RVs here in the Amana RV Park and Events Center, and We've been having lots of fun having a cornhole tournament and a walking tour of a mana and a pizza party and and uh, lots of community chats and tips and tricks and all that sort of stuff. And all that good stuff. But could the weather have not been more Midwest? We had two <laughs> beautiful days. We've got some 80s. We've got some a little bit of in the 70s. And then, boom, we've got 58 degrees. We've got 40 mile an hour winds. We have rain. It is officially October. And I was asking myself, why are we moving back here again? Yeah. Because this is the weather I really don't like. But look how, did you see how gorgeous the sunset was tonight? It was, you no, were, I can't. You were right in the pizza. Yeah, I was, I was frantically trying to get some mellow mushroom back well, it, to everybody. It, it was a gorgeous sunset tonight out here where this park is sort of in the middle of several cornfields. Um, when I tell people that, they I sometimes don't realize I'm really being literal about that. It is. <laughs> It is literally in the middle of cornfields. And uh, can I say the cows seem to be living their best lives right now? They are like everything has now been harvested. The cows are out in the fields. They're just eating and they're just they're making all they're following each other. Like the other day, there's this big sign when you come into a manna. I don't know if anyone saw this, but it says like Vilkoman, a manna. And there had to have been like 14 cows just lingering around this sign. And I thought even the cows are happy that we're here. Like the cows are literally like, welcome. 
Now I'm going to go over here and eat. Yeah, hanging around, uh, hanging out around those hay, hay racks. Stop. <laughs> no, don't open them up. So next year we will have hay rack rides, according to Jason. I think we will just have hay rides. We have, yet. Yeah. can we get, let's hear it for the hay rides. That's right. And then let's hear it for the hay rack rides. Wow. <laughs> Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. Hey, look. Maybe a little bit of Missouri. <laughs> well, we're we're so happy to be here. It's been uh, a, a great weekend. It's not over yet. We've got a, a big day tomorrow. We're going to the Renaissance Fair, and we're having a big trivia night. And it's what are you wearing, Jason? I'm wearing... Uh, a, a like some of the clothes that I have. Wow! In my closet. So he's not going to dress as a wizard. Someone hits it. This is what a wizard looks like. I don't know. <laughs> no, they wear. They wear sweaters. Um, so someone had suggested that you should have gone as like the bard. You should have gone as Shakespeare. Or maybe you could have gone as a Mary Jester or something that maybe you would have been more interested in than a wizard. So we'll have to remember that. I don't think you year. understand that. I'm just not interested in costumes. No, I think deep down inside you are. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So we'll see. I actually think maybe while we're there tomorrow, I can talk to some of the people that work there and see if we can work something out for next year where we can get you actually involved. Okay. Like going around the fair yeah. and strumming some tunes for people. I'll learn guitar for the loops between now and then. <laughs> Get back to real world stuff. There is some some news I want to I want to share. Actually, our friend Brian, uh, who is here, who has been uh, a member of this community for for a while, let me know this morning a big piece of news that's happening in the National Park Service is they are removing the second signature line from the back of the annual National Parks Pass. So the America the Beautiful Pass, the eighty dollar one that anyone can buy. They're removing the second signature line on the back. So there used to be, and there is now up until the end of this year, two signature lines back there. So a couple can share that pass, right? You have, you sign your name on it. And when they ask you just, when they ask to see it at the gate, you show your ID with it and they are supposed to compare. And what was great about that is if you're a family camping and, or a couple camping in a national park, one of you can leave at a time. Um, Brian was talking about how he and Deanna will often leave separately because they have the dogs to deal with. Lots of people have kids. Well, now they're removing that. So if you want to do that, you've got to have two, pa two different passes. You have to pay for uh, pay $160 to have two passes if you want to. It's not going to affect uh, anyone that has the the senior pass or the access pass. Um, those already only had one signature line on them, which was always sort of weird to me, especially the access pass, which is for people with disabilities. So if you have a family member that has a, a severe disability where you know they need lots of help, and they have a pass that's got their name on it and it allows your family to get into national parks and you go camp for half price. But if, you know, one of the caretaker members of the family needs to go out and get groceries and stuff like that, they, they, we've, we've had that several well. situations where yeah. they, they really question you coming back in with a pass that doesn't have your specific name on that. Yeah. I've always thought that's a little weird. I think the way maybe they could solve it is by, if you have a camping reservation in the park, because that's really what the problem is, people that are staying there and using this as a place to live for a few days while they, you're going to have to go into town for several reasons, maybe if you have a camping reservation in the park, your admission should just be included in that, even if it costs a little more, yeah. so that we don't have to worry about passes at all if you're coming in and out of the park. 
Well, now we have to worry about two passes yeah. if you're a family. So yeah. now you have to worry about $160 a month or a year, a year. I should say, as opposed to 80 Yeah. So that was a big piece of news. There's a lot of growing pains happening in the National Park Service right now with stuff like that, with a lot more people visiting the parks. And there's a whole lot of these, you know, they're, they're big studies where they have to spend 19 months to figure out a new policy. That kind of stuff is going on. And the, one of the things that I, I'm... I'm curious to hear from people in the community about is uh, there's a lot of discussion about the wild horses, both at like Assateague and up at Theodore Roosevelt National Park. Wild horses are technically an invasive species. So there's lots of talk about removing them from those parks. And um, a lot of people hate that because a lot that's the reason a lot of them go there. But environmentalists will tell you. Uh, especially down at Assateague, that they sort of kill some of the native marine life there. Um, but then there's places like Theodore Roosevelt National Park where the wild horses sort of seem like a piece of history, right? They've been there for 150, 200 years now. And um, I don't know, it's a it's a strange thing that we want to remove wildlife from a park that is so beloved. But I there's, I don't know, there are different arguments on both sides of it. Yeah, well, there's a lot of growing pains happening in the national parks, and I think it's going to be something that we end up talking a lot about for many, many, many years to yeah, come. Yeah, and always having, be sporting content to talk about. Having worked, having done like the side of America's National Parks podcast, where we're looking into these parks and we're trying to find their stories, and we're working with our writers and we're learning some of kind of the inner workings of these parks. It is sometimes amazing to me that A, some of these parks even exist, looking at the history of them and, and how they had to come to be, but then also that they actually kind of get anything done within these parks sometimes, because there's a lot that goes into it having, if especially if you're a past listener of the podcast, you know that um, over time we've worked with recreation.gov. We've had them on the show. We've talked about ways that you can use because we are big fans of recreation.gov when it comes to camping and of course with our national parks. But just that little piece where we were... Uh, privy to just a tiny little part of how all of that works over there. There's a, there's a lot that goes on in our national parks uh, behind the scenes that I think the next time we talk about wild horses will probably be 20 years from now. Yeah. Just, uh, just getting set up as a new vendor in the system to get paid <laughs> from, from the government is, is an interesting process. So. Yeah, not I one I want to repeat anytime soon. So all right. Okay, so uh, we're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we're going to bring on Jamie and Clay Schumacher, who we have been traveling with, and of course, their two lovely daughters for the last eight months or so. Oh, longer than longer, that. Yeah, well, it, there's, when did we actually start? There's a, it's a... It's been off and on for over a year. Yeah. Off and on since, I mean, really, Balloon Fiesta. Yeah. So, like, and Balloon Fiesta is actually happening right now. Yeah. We know a lot of people that are there. We know a lot of people that gave up Balloon Fiesta Thank to come here. Thank you to you, OGs. So, uh, yeah, about a year now, we've all been traveling around together and uh, going to at least three different countries. At least, at least, at least three, or, or exactly you know, three countries, no, one I, might say. You never know. Look, you <laughs> never know what tomorrow may bring. Never know. So. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Jamie and Clay Schumacher, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by the Park Wolf app. Ever found yourself in the heart of a national park surrounded by beauty, but unsure where to go or what to see? That's where Park Wolf comes in. Park Wolf is the ultimate app for exploring national parks. 
As you drive, the GPS shows you what's coming up on the road and an audio guide will fill you in on what's there so you can decide if it's worth a stop for you or not. Gas running low, looking for a bite to eat or a bathroom break? ParkWolf's got you covered. It keeps track of the nearest gas station, restrooms, food, and pullover areas. And the best part, it works without an internet connection. And if you're a wildlife enthusiast, you'll love ParkWolf's wildlife maps and sighting notifications. So before you set off on your next national park adventure, download the ParkWolf app for your iPhone from the App Store. It's your ultimate guide to national parks. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight-distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth-wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. All right, we are back, and we now have up on the, I guess we can call this a stage, our friends Jay, Jamie and Clay Schumacher. Claymy. Claymy is here with us. We have Claymy. <laughs> Hi, friends. Hey, friends. We have had Jamie and Clay on the show before. Mm -hmm. um, back then was before we did a heck of a lot more traveling together. <laughs> we were still in Palm Springs yeah, when we, were, we all talked last. Where really this adventure began in earnest, um, before we headed down to Baja. It was close to where we both got our new rigs. You guys got yours in Vegas. It's um, where we broke fingers. Where we broke and, fingers. Yeah, just memories. Kids we, got sick. <laughs> Kids got sick. Hot, hot tub time machine. Yeah. I do miss that. Yes. But uh, it is. it has been sort of an epic journey that I think we're all sort of just still kind of decompressing from. Um, being here in the Midwest is like a, it's like a whole different world from everything that we've done over the last uh, many, many months. And I, I thought we could start off by just thinking about those early days when we first sort of were starting to prep for this journey and uh, getting everything ready down in Palm Springs when we got our new rig and we were buying all the things from Amazon and getting so many things <laughs> delivered uh, in preparation for this adventure. And talk about what we think some of the best decisions we made in terms of all of those purchases were mm -hmm. uh, to send us on this adventure. What do you think were some of the the real winners? I think for, for us, uh, one of the first things would be, I guess if you're counting like RV upgrades, like yeah. the lift on the Airstream came in clutch with yeah. ours being 30 feet. Airstreams run real low to the ground. It only has like nine inches of clearance normally, and we got an extra three. So we had a foot of clearance, which was, you know, clutch at uh, several yeah. docking spots <laughs> i'd be spotting and i'd be like oh oh good we, we just barely cleared it there was a common refrain of thank goodness for that lift <laughs> yeah. is that it was that was it done at the factory no we had it done at the um dealer at the dealership yeah afterwards. we had them do the the solar package and the lift okay. before we picked it up but it's sort of like a standard airstream lift that a lot of yeah, airstream owners like a end dexter, up with because it's the dexter axles it's a three inch lift kit you can get what's strange is it doesn't look like it's so high off the ground like you wouldn't really notice that it's right. lifted unless somebody told you mm -hmm. yeah you have yeah. to look at it next to one that's not and yeah. then look in the wheel well you can see above the tires there's more room but that's the only way you can notice <laughs> would you say the lift was more useful in baja or alaska <laughs> yes yeah yeah honestly Both. washington might have been the like that one really? spot in washington might have been the place we came closest yeah. just the angle we took but uh, probably 
baja. What do you think for us? I would say 100% the radios. Yeah. Oh, Getting yeah. the radios, mm-hmm. installing okay. those in your truck, into our truck, having those handhelds. Those radios, and this would be a huge tip I would share to anyone who wants to caravan with people. And Jason talked about it um, when we did the discussion this morning about like gear that we love and things. Having those radios, when we ended up, because once we went into Baja, once we went into the remote areas of Canada and into Alaska, there's just no service. So to be able to still communicate with one another and know that we could always do that was fantastic. And it's just, I, it's so vital because then even when we had our friends, Jenny and Grant, come and visit us, we were able to give them also one of the radios and say, get on the radios. That way we can continue to talk to one another, no matter where we're going, whether or not we lose service, rather than trying to text you or call you, I just get on the radio. So I would say those radios I, I really were like, invaluable it, from start to finish. Specifically, the ones we had was the Midland MXT 575, I think is what Those it is. Cool. But what was great about that one is that all of the controls are on the handset. So you don't have to mount the the base station somewhere on the dash and be able to see all that and control it. The channels and the volume and everything were on the handset. And then we also had handheld radios so that when we're backing up into a site, we could use those. And yeah, those did, did. we use those a we, lot? No. We did. You guys you used guys them did. a lot. We Once used frantic hand gestures. We <laughs> yelled like out the this. window a lot because we didn't have ours charged very often. <laughs> we're That's really so what bad. It came down to. So bad about keeping things charged. But, but yeah, I mean, it, we didn't have to have, <laughs> we didn't have to have like a notepad and hold it up to the window as we drove by each Pull other. Like, remember the days of doing that when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> I think even when we had cell signal, it was just so convenient to yeah. be like, Hey, we need a restroom break. Like there's yeah. a spot right here. Well, yes. it was nice to be able to talk. Like we, mm-hmm. we would share what we were seeing. We would share what we were seeing out the road or we would, especially if the person who was leading that day would run across maybe some wildlife or just a really beautiful piece of scenery coming up. You could radio that back like in real time. Most of the time it was bump or pothole. Yeah. A lot of bump, <laughs> a lot of pothole. The person leading often was setting the tone for how is this drive actually going to go in regards to road conditions. So just having that real time like conversation, because we spent a lot of time in our trucks. We spent a lot of time driving from one place to another. And I think that the radios allowed us to all still feel connected to one another and to the journey because it was just hours and days of going from one place to another. And then often, especially in moments when we would get into Alaska, we would get there, and during mosquito season, there wasn't a whole lot of wanting to be outside, so being able to chat with one another. And then, because we were traveling in, like, a 25-foot RV, it's not like we were having people over to, like, hang out with us, right? We were five people, like, just squished into this little space. So I look back on those times with the radios of like a, a way for us to still be able to um, feel like we were all a part of the journey together. So I, I couldn't have been more thrilled that we had those. What about things we wish we had done? Maybe we fixed them somehow on the way, but we hadn't really thought about that once we hit crossed the border into Baja. Oh, that is a really I mean, good I can one. say I'll start with yeah, mine. Yeah, you should mine. start. Thank we you. didn't buy any recovery gear, uh, and we, oh, yeah. we didn't think we would need any. <laughs> and but then, then we needed it. <laughs> then I got us stuck on a beach. And <laughs> yes. thankfully, there's all kinds of other people camping on the beach and, and other people that had um, some 
some recovery tracks, but then we quickly bought some uh, that we didn't end up ever needing. We bought some uh, Max Tracks knockoffs. We bought some toe straps. There were times we, we came, came close. close. We came close. Yeah, coming out we of came, that harvest hose. Oh my goodness, oh, that winery was the sketchiest place we pulled out there, of. <laughs> we were in a winery. We've told this story on the podcast before, but it was it, it was of you know of a, a, a real winery with farm roads, uh, dirt roads built into it, and. The, the owner said, I normally don't park people back here when it's raining and there's like this freak rain that came and it was going to be very hard to get out. And we were like, oh, we're looking out the window and we're like, it's okay. It seems fine. And then mm-hmm. Clay and Jamie come walking over <laughs> and they've got their boots on and their boots just, just in the in the 20 feet from their rig to ours, mm-hmm. their boots Jumped Covered. in size like forty sizes because they were just, just, just big holds of mud. So much mud. Yeah. And I made Jason give me a piggyback ride to the truck. <laughs> I was like, I'm not it's a getting. True story. We yeah, <laughs> yeah. True story. I said, please come over here and carry me to the truck because I've seen what all of your shoes look like, and I just don't want to have to deal with that on my shoes. So he gave all. He gave the kids a ride to the truck. He gave me a ride to the truck, and thank goodness he had his boots on because they were an absolute so, mess. Yeah. It was like around a corner and up a hill and you guys, went up ahead a hill. Of, yeah. you yes. guys went ahead of us and I'm just like, don't wreck my pretty air stream. <laughs> yes. We were, <laughs> we were fine. We were we totally were fine. fine. It was fine. Everything was fine, but they have like the off-road setup and we have like the prissy setup. Yeah. We and were so, a little excited to get going on that. We were like, let's go. Know, let's put this. Like, we got I'm beast mode. This. Yeah. And I was excited to use the yeah, recovery were, like, boards too. I was so running like, alongside running, them yes, with the recovery running boards. beside yeah. us. With <laughs> Jason, it's literally like David Hasselhoff in Baywatch, except the RV version. And you've got Jason running with the tracks the big, alongside. He's like, I got you guys. How did you know I imagine the Hoff whenever I see Jason? I know, right? I mean, come on. Like how, <laughs> so that's if you've ever wondered what the RV version of that would be, it that is Jason. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what that was. So um, when I think, you know, it's hard for me to look back and think like, oh, I wish we had had this or I wish we had had that. I think the one thing I do wish the first thing that came to my head was. I wish we had gotten more cash in Baja, like, or just cash in general. I, you weren't here. I talked I about wish that, that this that morning. Ever we had to borrow cash from these two several times, borrow pesos from them because they were smart and got plenty out. And we were all like, well, we don't want to have too much on us in case something happens. But the, the ATMs were few and far between. I kept yes. going back for more and more thinking every time I went back, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be enough. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's just like, Converting in your head, that sort of thing, but I mean, it got to be such a um, like a running joke that I know Jamie said to us one time. She said that when Clay would like go to get cash out, they'd kind of be like, "Now, how much do we think that Uppersons might need to borrow?" (laughs) Well, part of the problem, like take that as well. Yes, and I'd always be like, "Oh, Clay, do you have any money on you?" Part of the problem was a lot of the campgrounds down there charged per person instead Uh, of per vehicle. And that was a bit of surprise. So sometimes we ended up paying, not all of them, but sometimes we ended up paying more than we had intended to because, uh, you know, estimates that we might have saw on Campendium or iOverlander or whatever might have been different from for us traveling as a family of five. 
Yeah. You know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what about some things that we really loved our favorite moments in so, sort of different areas? I'll, I want to start with Baja. What was everybody's favorite moment in Baja? Oh, beach camping. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Which Those, beach? Which, yeah. Oh, don't make me pick. Um, <laughs> well, I would say I, I, I can't remember their names. You guys, come on. You know, I can't, you know, I'm not good with this stuff. Uh, Playa Santa Spock would probably yeah. have yeah. been. And I think we loved that so much that we, went <laughs> we went again. We loved yeah. it so much. Uh, I think that that beach camping to me, that moment really sort of embodied what uh, Baja felt like to me. Yeah. So we were here lined, you know, parked right on the beach and you could look out in the morning and you're looking right out onto the water. But then at the same time, you have a really bustling kind of community of RVers around you and everyone's in a really good mood and you've got some vendors coming along. And at one point I bought pizza out of the back of a minivan for the kids, you know, I bought ceviche from a car trunk. Are you ready to eat ceviche yet? Are we back to eating it? Cause I it's, don't know. yeah, it's been like ever since it you bought it out of the truck. You're like, I can't. And then it wasn't good, but there was even a little restaurant there and they would do like a, a happy hour, you know, from four to six. And this is not, not, you know, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like being at a resort. You're literally just like they, you just go in and there's no, you're not hooked up to anything. You're just camping right there on the beach. They did have a couple of dump station dump stations. They were real sketch at best. <laughs> um, so I don't know that we used them. I know you guys we we used yeah. them. We watched we, you spend a lot of time backing up to the yes. dump station up a hill. No, yes. so yes. you, you pull forward. Yeah, to remember it. you had to pull forward. You have to drive up on these sketchy it. rocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you back out. Yes. And we said, thank you for the lift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, thank you again for being lifted, Flo. Yeah. So, what about you guys' favorite moments in Baja? I know what yours is going to be. Okay, um, go ahead. But I think mine was going to be Santa's, Santa's Walk, but um, Tecolote was really cool, I thought. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like of Nomads meetup and all of that. Like, it was really beautiful there, and it was fun to walk along when we walked over to that restaurant and got cocktails and stuff. And, like, oh, all along the shore there, it was really, really pretty. It was maybe the prettiest beach and so that's that we were outside of La Paz. Yeah. Yes, and th- that's the one we were able to sort of – get in the water the most at it was warm enough too. there was the least amount of wind and warm too yeah yes (laughs) the wind when we first came into Baja was really quite something like when we were in Baja California as opposed I think to our experiences in Baja California Sur and maybe the wind felt stronger and more intense because it was cooler Mm -hmm. and then it was just as we got further south it got warmer but those first few days those first couple campgrounds I was like this this wind is going to knock over my RV. Like it was <laughs> yeah. so intense. So mine was whales. And oh my god! Honestly, this that goes for Alaska as well. But the uh, the whales. We, we went, oh, from uh, Herrero Negro. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went on like a whale watching tour, and this is not like a whale watching tour we've been on anywhere else. You get on these pretty small boats that you think, could totally fall out of. Yes. <laughs> You nobody fell. Nobody fell out. But you, but you could have. And, but this is this <laughs> like, is where this is where the gray whales go. It's like their nursery where they have their babies. Yeah. So they're just hanging out in the bay there, and you could you go out and you're literally floating out with uh, your boat's floating out there with all the whales, and they swim under you. They turn on their belly. They knock into your boat. At one point, it, 
they blew lift your boat hole right into my face and knocked my hat off. Yes. Yeah, yeah, was, that that was mine like, too. Um, Sorry that, for stealing yours. No, no, no. It's it's fine. It, it, it was, was it was so wonderful. I mean, and it was it was. I talked about that a lot this morning in our roundtable talk about about Baja, but it was. It was intense, I think, mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of us, it, because these giant animals were playing with the boats, yeah. and the it waves really were high cool. in the first place. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, there's just it's the amazement of a creature that size, right? It's just it was wonderful. amazing for t like the first twenty minutes, <laughs> and then the next the first hour, hour and ten <laughs> minutes was just well, like. Oh my gosh, this is still going on. The whales are still pushing the boat. This whale just lifted this boat out of the water and like and then we had a couple Wasn't it with great? us. Oh, it was so great. Um, I mean, it, and it was, this is, you know, that sounds really, um, I sound really ungrateful saying that because that, what an experience, right? Like how many people get to say that you reached out and put, you know, you touched a whale, yeah. that they were coming up to you in, in a playful and kind way and wanted mm -hmm. to just engage with you. How many get to say that they, they experienced that? There is for me a level I do for me personally, and this is something that we have shared about this experience. If you do it, we were out there for about an hour and a half yeah. and that's a lot of sensory. It's a, it's really intense. And we had a couple of people with us that every time they would see a whale, they would rush to that side of the boat. And so the boat was always going like this towards the whales. And I thought, what child will I be going after first? <laughs> like, or Jason, or me, or what uh, What person? Yeah. And our, our driver was so chill. He's just like, more whales. And he would take us to more whales. And I finally, like, I looked at him and I said, sir, we have to leave now. <laughs> it's time to go. Like, somebody, somebody had to say it. We yeah, were all thinking. Everyone it. was starting to really kind of fall apart. We were on whale overload <laughs> and I just looked at him and he's like oh you want to leave and I'm like yes now this way like please por we favor. have to go por favor like well, I was just it was so intense so you you mentioned uh, speaking to somebody and that's one of the things <laughs> that I wish we had done a little bit better was prepare ourselves to speak the language a yeah. little bit more same yeah I was I um I don't want to it sounds stupid American of me to say I expected a few more people to speak English down there. Um, mm. I didn't expect it, but like you just, I, I've been to Mexico before into some tourist communities where right. that's happened, you mm -hmm. know, and when it's like the border agents don't even speak English, you're like, whoa, okay. Well, this yeah. Is a Our, whole new world here. Yeah. No, that's right. We like, what, like a month before when we basically at the point where we just said, hey, let's add Baja to this trip. Yeah, <laughs> that we was like, kind oh, of what it was. Should, was it a whole month in advance? We should get Babel and start like learning some Spanish because we took German in high school. <laughs> like, yeah. I knew like hola, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually that was pretty darn good. And this is not an ad for Babel, but like keeping doing it and then also speaking yeah. in person with people. I came out of it feeling like, wow, I can actually speak like un poquito español. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, like enough to carry on a... a like to check into a campground or to right, like, but right. not to tell them that this is my laundry and this is her <laughs> so laundry. Don't wash them no together. Comprende. No comprende. No undies and say This might have been the best moment in the whole trip, let alone Baja. We, the, the great thing about the greatest thing I think about like the, the, 
actual services that are available to you in Baja is the laundry because yeah. they have great drop-off laundry that is super, super cheap. And But one time we went together, brought all of our laundry together, and they didn't quite understand that they were se- two, we were families. two families think, separately, and they put it all together. So. I think the confusion was it was Clay and Abby that yeah. dropped them yeah. off, yeah. and so they thought they were... Yes. Yeah. So, so you we all, had to separate you out. You had a laundry sort, sorting party. <laughs> yes, I yeah. went over to their house and Jamie <laughs> and I. Folded. Yeah, it was beautiful. I was all clean and beautifully <laughs> folded. And Jamie and I sat there and went, "Oh, okay. These are my underwear. These are this is the kids' underwear. This is looks like your shirt. This is my shirt. These are your pants." <laughs> of close and personal. Yes. And I was like, "Oh, you guys like that brand too? Oh, we like that brand. You know." So it was some <laughs> some real friend bonding time. <laughs> yeah. Can what? we insert a MeUndies ad yeah. here? Is that good? The official sponsor, the underwear sponsor of the RV Miles podcast and it's, Letters from the Road. It well, was, it is like the podcast underwear. It, right? is. it really <laughs> is. Like every podcaster is uh, advertising me undies. But that was, but what was funny is that I don't really, f- I didn't feel weird about it. And I think that that, yeah. you know, it was like, first off, it's just underwear, like whatever, you know. But I think that speaks to sort of at that point kind of how comfortable the families had become, like how how much it was working and like to be have all our laundry mixed in together was just like, oh, whatever. Like, oh, this shirt is so cute. Oh, my gosh. Look how little this little Jojo shirt is. You know, I mean, it was just stuff like that. But it's hilarious because it was Clay and I that went in there and we tried really hard to be like mm-hmm. me, him. Those, not together. The, yeah, like, no familia, like, you know, and uh, they just were like, okay, we'll see you at 8.30. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just handed us all the laundry back in plastic bags, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> it had but, the two phone numbers on it, but yeah, somehow hey, it was all together. It's a great story. It made for it a made, great... It, it made for some good content. It made for a great story, well, a core memory. Let's move north and talk about California a little bit. Um everyone's favorite spots in California. And I will start with mine was uh, Sun, Sun Outdoors San Diego. Um, <laughs> okay. Because, I mean, look, there were, some one, it's, there were so many highlights of California. There are so many wonderful places uh, that we went to in California. But this was the nicest RV park I've ever been to. And after a month of being dirty and not showering very much in sand Baja, everywhere. lots of sand, so much sand. It was so great to to cap that off with entering the U.S. and going to. We did spend a night at a at a nice um, what was it at a national forest park before we got mm-hmm. there. Uh, but then we get to the sun outdoors and just you know sit by the pool and uh, ended up doing a lot of rig maintenance and buying a lot of stuff uh, over Amazon again. But uh, but it was sort of a really great way to decompress from all the work that was. The Baja experiment. Yeah, we took the Airstream in to get a broken window fixed while we were there. <laughs> but it was yeah. awesome because they had the camping, like, well, I shouldn't call them camping cabins. Oh, it was no. like a resort the tiny cabin. houses, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, that we got to stay in while we did that. So well, God, yeah, we paid a lot of money for that. Sure. But it, it was a really nice park. It was a really nice park. They didn't, they didn't offer it to you. I they, you yeah, yeah you, you definitely paid them to stay there. It was, yeah, it was convenient to be able to do that for sure. I think um, my favorite, I was going to say Santa Cruz because that was actually really fun, kind of surprisingly so, but I Mm -hmm. think my favorite week was Redwoods 
all the hiking and like meeting yeah. up with like a big group of people and like not big, but like, yeah, you know, a couple other families joined us too. And like just getting to do all those fun drives and all that stuff was super fun. Redwoods felt like we were in a whole new world mm-hmm. for the first time. I think at least since Baja, like going up the California coast was gorgeous and there's there's so much to love about the ocean but then you're like this is like the first time for me it was like i've never seen anything like this before yeah Yeah. northern california for sure i would just put all of northern california into that that's a and then going into oregon um and into washington that whole stretch was probably i won't be able if you're going to ask me about oregon and washington i'm not going to be able to pick a favorite it's just that section of that drive if you ever get to do that as an rver is really just so truly magical and you understand now why so many people want to go out there and experience that part of the country. It's, it's really stunning. And it is something that I, I wish that we had had more time. I knew why we didn't because obviously we were trying to get to Alaska and that's a long, long way, Yeah. but it was enough to be like, Oh, I'm definitely going to come back here. Like I will be back here someday. So that I would say all of Northern California and into the Pacific Northwest. That was an interesting thing about the trip though, because we spent February, like all of February in Baja. Mm -hmm. And then we spent a long time in California, almost two months. And then we rushed through Oregon and Washington (laughs) to get to Alaska because it was weather. Well, yeah, we couldn't go. Yeah. Like we could have, but especially doing like Yosemite and stuff like we wanted to do, we needed to stay South later. Yeah, well, that's what my favorite was going to be. We needed to stay south far enough into the year to get to do those things. Otherwise, it would have been too cold and snowy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, And then we had to rush through the northwest to get yeah. all the way up to Alaska on time. Yeah, yeah, and then we just didn't have that time. And I think we all felt that we didn't have that time in Canada that we wanted. Because, again, you're rushing through. And um, I don't want to jump ahead in the conversation, but... One of the things that we talked about was uh, for a lot of our viewers, when you plan this big Alaska adventure, plan that time to spend in Canada if you have it. Don't use Canada as just like the drive through state. It's not, you know, it's not Kansas. You're not just driving through it like to get to Colorado, right? Like, no offense, my friends in Kansas. Like Saskatchewan is. Uh, no, we loved that. <laughs> yeah, dist- I've sent some time in Saskatchewan. We loved that distillery, though. That was sure. a real highlight night at that Harvest Hosts that we stayed at. But well, Clay, you just teased your favorite, though. It's, oh, it was Yosemite. Yeah. Yosemite is yeah. hands down my favorite national park, too. Yeah. It's, I mean, if, if you haven't been, if you get the chance to go, please go. I mean, just Yosemite Valley and Hetch Hetchy were like the only two things we did. And we spent a week there and like we could have spent weeks and weeks. Yeah. And oh, weeks for there. sure. Well, and that, it, was, it was such a great time to bike there, too. Yeah, it was with the falls going like yeah. they were. And everything. oh, my gosh. That Wapoma Falls hike at Hetch Hetchy was probably my favorite hike I've ever done. Yeah. Pop up waterfalls. I mean, it was just that time of year. A waterfall yeah. would just burst and it just come down the mountain. And then a minute later, it would just be gone. And you just had this moment where you caught what we called a pop-up waterfall and you and maybe like five other people got to experience it. And then it just disappeared. And that was just, you think, my gosh, like I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and look at this beautiful gift I was given. And uh, it really reminds you of like why you love to do what you do and why we go to these places and kind of endure some of these hardships. I know we're talking a lot about our favorites, but you know, this wasn't always easy. It's really hard. You really have to love it and be dedicated to it and really want to make it happen. I think we all know this as RVers. It's not always easy, but when it's good, it's real good. And so 
that was one of those moments. Yosemite was one of those moments when you're like, this is real good. Well, we got lucky too. And I think we got lucky in many different times we along did. the trip where that window of time at Yosemite, there was, there was a lot of rain and, and water issues beforehand and afterwards. <laughs> and throughout our entire journey, that was kind of the theme where we did get hit with some of that, like Santa Cruz, we got some bad storms and yeah, but we were like so, three state park reservations canceled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we were so lucky up through Canada and Alaska mm-hmm. to avoid a lot of rain. Um, but let's, let's, uh, let's jump to the Pacific Northwest. We'll combine Oregon and Washington, uh, favorite moments up there. All of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, it was just, and I think this was part of like processing it all still because we were moving from one. So to, and I don't mean to step on your guys's answer, but to, for me, like, as you sit here and ask me these questions, I actually, I don't think I can answer them because it was to me, uh, I'm still kind of processing all of it because so much happened so, so much of it. There was so many amazing moments that were just happening and happening and happening. And we were going from incredible place to incredible place. And so when I try to think of like, what was that one thing I loved? It's really hard to do it because to me, it's more of an emotional thing. Like I just have what it felt like to be in those spaces. And I felt that in so many different places, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I guess Allen's Bar or Allen. Yeah, Allen's Bar Allen's is, is Bar way up there. Yeah. Would be way up there as dispersed camping that we did in Washington. Right on a river. Yeah, I, uh, close to that spot. Something we visited at that spot was yeah. Ruby Beach, um, which is part of Olympic National Park. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, even though it was a terrible day, it was like foggy and cold. It was perfect and, Washington and weather. Yeah, <laughs> it was just still really cool to uh, to see this sort of perfect Pacific Northwest view of fog and and giant tree limbs washed up on the rocky beaches with you know towering pine trees surrounding you and the kids just playing for forever mm-hmm. on on all of with all of the driftwood and stuff i that was such a great moment uh, overall because i think all of our kids were playing together at the same time mm-hmm. we were able to chat and wander around i it was just I, I, that was a really special day for me that was a really good one i think um Solduck comes up high on my list like that was kind of like a last minute thing we decided to do mm-hmm. um for clay's birthday go over to Solduck and camp there in that campground and like walk over to this hot springs and everything there's just I don't know. It just was fun. That that campground was so like rustic and fun. To have to squeeze a 25 foot RV into a camp spot was just like, to me, I was like, oh yeah, we're like really in it now. Cause we (laughs) normally you'd be like, yeah, I'm trying to get this 43 footer into this spot. No, we were trying to get a 25 foot RV into the very last first come first served spot they had. I was like, this is it. This is like, we're in it now, you know? And we had to back out of our pull through. Yes. And that is, um, that's the campground. We talked about this with, I, the, with the, the dump station situation with the person that was teaching another person how to dump their tanks. And they were teaching them that all you have to do is just open the valve and just let it flow no right hose. onto the ground, no hose, nothing. And it'll just drain itself down into the yeah. sewer there. 
And at least they were like, start with your black first so you can <laughs> rinse the ground with your gray. And there was no running water. There. And there was no running water at that um, dump station. And we had gotten up to there before they had. And so we're watching this whole thing. And I like, I, I'm... I'm over there. I'm like behind our rig and I'm kind of just like trying to do a little stretching. I'm trying to just like get chill because I know it's going to be sitting in the truck. And he comes around and he's like, oh my God, oh my God, I got to talk to you. Come here. And I'm thinking, oh no, what's wrong? Like, like anytime Jason comes up and says, I got to talk to you. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> what is about to happen? And he's like, they're not using all other station. And I was like, and it was too late to go help them. Right. They've like already the, done it. The, the ship had sailed. <laughs> and so, the, yeah. And so. There would be on help. It wasn't a ship. But it wasn't there. Like had sailed. Like okay. There. Had sailed. So they're coming around and I'm trying to be as discreet as I can. And yet at the same time, I'm running. I was like, what is Pull your window thing? down. I got to talk to you. And I get over there and I'm like, oh my God, you can't. Don't. We're leaving. Like, we got to go. We can't. I have, yeah. I have a little bit of video of it that I supposedly <laughs> took of just like the guy's feet and the stuff just sprang. Because he was wearing socks with sandals, jumping. <laughs> and we, and you know, normally, you know. As you do. <laughs> Sure. I'm actually, I'm like, thank goodness he I mean, was wearing socks. I mean, fine if you got a hose. <laughs> but, exactly. You know, and we don't like to often, we don't like to RV shame. It's not, it's yeah, not our but, style. But this was at a whole other level where you're at the point where you're like, I, I don't know how to even go up and begin this conversation. So I think the best thing we can do for ourselves is uh, we need to leave. We need to go find another dump station. Uh, we all know we have very full tanks. Like we were, we were at capacity, like in our tank, like it needed to be dumped. Yeah. And I was like, we will, we will uh, roll the dice on this one and go find somewhere else because there's just not enough hand sanitizer out there to get me over there. I don't know. And I don't even, don't, I'm, that's, not even I'm, that's not my job. That's his job. I would have just been sitting in the truck. Well, it's and not like I, one of us had our black tank separate in Baja. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I was going <laughs> yeah. to so save that for that because I, uh, I wanted to ask about fails. things that went wrong. The fails. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Clay, do you have a favorite Pacific Northwest moment? So I love Olympic. I want to go back to Olympic over and over again. I think what really this trip really cemented it for me that the Pacific Northwest is just like a special place mm -hmm. for our family, for me, for us, like just, I don't know what it is about. And really Northern California with the Redwoods is kind of part of that too yeah. in my mind, but it's just, it feels, you know how you go someplace like on the road you're visiting all these places. You love everywhere you go. Some places just feel like, oh, this feels like it could be home. Mm -hmm. I think the Pacific Northwest definitely is is there for me. Well, you but, guys are headed back there for the winter. Well, not necessarily the Pacific Northwest, but you well, are yeah, headed back to yeah. Washington. Other side of the mountains, yeah. but yeah, for yeah. sure. But you are headed um, back there for a decent amount of time. And I guess if, if we want specific content, uh, Fort Stevens State Park in Astoria, Oregon oh, was, was awesome. a great spot. Oh, that um, was a good one. Especially, it was just like a really nice state park like we hadn't stayed at in a long time, like we have here in the Midwest, but in Oregon and a lot of trails that we could bike on mm -hmm. and, you know, historic fort and all that. So we had a great time there. Yeah, that was a really good one. Uh, so moving up north, uh, we then spent a, a good amount of time heading into Canada and Canada uh, for me, 
uh, was when the trip really became about lots and lots and lots of driving, right? Yeah. Um, is what it was. But uh, we did have a few different stops, and I think you know, for for me certainly, I've I've said this many times. My favorite spot in Canada is is Stewart, BC, where we really felt like we were again in a different world for the first time, where you got these wonderful mountains with streams coming down them and you're seeing bears as you drive by and you see your first glacier on your way up to Alaska. Um, but any other Canadian moments, it could be on the way back too. If you're, you guys did a little bit more than us on the way back. Yeah. Yeah. We did Banff and Jasper on the way back and yeah. that was, that was really stunning. I mean, not enough time. We were just like a couple days in each, but mm -hmm. Definitely a place to go back, but I could spend like a whole summer just in the Canadian Rockies, I think. Yeah, I think that's a future trip for us for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've already talked about it on a recent episode of the podcast, but Fort Langley was such a highlight for me and yeah. I, I really enjoyed it there. And it's a, a place I would love to return to. And I also actually I really liked Victoria. We took a day trip over mm -hmm. to Victoria, British Columbia. I loved it over there. I mean, I to me, that's. Um, that to me feels more like a trip. Like I, I would like to stay in one of the hotels there and go mm -hmm. do tea and all of that stuff. Maybe not necessarily RV, but uh, I really liked British Columbia a lot. I, I think you know Canada for me uh, felt like for the first time, and I was sharing this with someone here the other day, that Canada and Alaska felt like to me the um, a return to um, like 2019, 2018, pre 2020 RVing. It felt like a return a little bit to um, just going where we needed to go until we needed to stop mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. not making as many reservations and really allowing ourselves to be driven by the land and to mm -hmm. be driven by the destinations and knowing like we used to, okay, we want to make a reservation in Denali. We know that that's going to be popular, mm -hmm. but all of that getting to it. We're just, we, we've got some ideas. And if that idea doesn't work out, we're going to do this idea. And if that idea doesn't work out, well, we've got this third option. And that is, that was freedom. That was freedom to just um, really, it, it's so hard to just, I don't know how to describe it, but it just, I enjoyed that so much. I enjoyed just the driving and the mm -hmm. pulling off at the side of the road or well, the, sleeping the behind a gas daylight station. takes the pressure off a lot. Too. Yeah, oh, the yeah. endless, I mean, oh, so I, much I, sunlight. It was wonderful. I think um, it's the, the, the best way to go up through Canada too, because if you, if you're on a real time crunch, I, mm -hmm. that would have been rough. I, uh, mm -hmm. being able to just decide if we liked a place or not was really useful and to decide, Oh, Hey, today we can go a little bit further or we want to make this day shorter or whatever. Mm -hmm. And not be tied to, we got to get to this place on this day. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean you can't do it yeah. if you need hookups every night and you're making reservations and stuff like that. But it was having the freedom of having good boondocking rigs, good boondocking yeah. setups, being small so we could park wherever we wanted. Yeah. yeah. And being willing to stay in a pull-off and make a fun night of it, like yeah. cards or whatever. Is and switching things up great. if we needed to switch yeah. them up. Paying mm -hmm. it to, you know, because Stuart wasn't, where we were headed to begin with. And then we had some yeah. concern about fires. And so we decided to reroute and that freedom to do that, that freedom to reroute. That was, we've talked a lot about how that used to be for us. We'd open up like, Oh, we have to leave this campground in like 24 hours. Where do we want to go? Okay. Well let's look around and see what's out there. And then we would go. And that's so kind wild. of, yeah. It's so wild to think about that now, but that was like for the first four years of our lives as RVers, that's how mm. we, 
RV'd. And so to be up into Canada and then to move into Alaska and, and to be like, well, okay, this is maybe we don't want to go here. Maybe we need to trade, like change things up or, you know, just that. Um, I know that can maybe feel a little stress inducing for some, but that was so freeing when we have spent, I think the last three years being so like meticulous about making our reservations to just throw all that to the wind was whoopsies was just great for me. Yeah. Clay, did you have a specific Canadian moment? Liard hot springs. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. We so did not do that. that yes. Back and we didn't, we waved as we then went we, past it. <laughs> and then we saw photos of it as we were passing it and we're like, Oh, that's, that's what you think of when you think of a hot spring, exactly. right? It, Not it's a pool. Built, it's built up a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, where they have like a couple like benches under the water and stairs. You can go down into it and stuff, but it's very natural still, yeah. but, but you don't have to go on a seven mile hike to get to it. Like most natural hot springs. So, yeah, it was, that was really neat. And the campground there was great. We stayed at the campground for two nights. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like all first come first serve provincial campground. I actually just loved almost every Canadian campground we stayed oh, yeah. at. Uh, Canada does it right in oh. terms of like all the pull-offs have uh, litter bins and like recycling, like, even mm-hmm. like way out in the middle of nowhere. So you can always get rid of your trash. It's like little yeah. things like it, that. It felt a lot to me like uh, our friend Craig was telling us yesterday about uh, his family's uh, travels back in the 1920s in a Model T um, in the early days of the very, very earliest days of road trips. But even back then it was when they were like towns were starting to set up like camping areas for people to stop at mm-hmm. and, you know, we're encouraging tourism and it feels like on your way up through Canada, like they've spaced out these provincial parks yeah. for you to, for you to stop at on a regular basis. And even if you want a full hookup park, they're at a decent clip from each other where you can stop at those sorts of places and and all the gas stations and the all the services that you might need are just they're they're few and far between but they're where you need them yeah i think that was like the thing about baja and like canada and alaska is like road tripping in a place where you have people are there to road trip and they want road trippers and everything kind of caters to that like yeah and so much so much first come Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. yeah, and that was not ever like stress inducing. I think sometimes here in the States, first come, first served has gotten really stressful, and you're like, oh, if I don't get there at like Monday at 2 35, everything's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So here you were like, okay, this is how we do, yeah, like this is how it's done, and this is everyone knows that. And if it's not here, then down the road, there's another one that does the exact same thing, and it, it'll all be okay. It was yeah. always all okay. So the big kahuna, Alaska, mm-hmm. um, we, I, for, for me, in a sense, it felt like, boy, we had done so much traveling by the time we actually got to Alaska. Well, we had. We, yeah. It wasn't that it felt like that. It was that we had traveled so thousands of miles. Those first few days in Alaska were really strange for me because we, um, you know, it, there's something too about when you like cross a border into something, you feel like it's going to be entirely different. Of course it's not because borders are man-made. So the difference between like that, the, the early miles in Alaska and the last miles in the Yukon territory were very, there was hardly any difference except for that sneaky road that was super, super nice until it wasn't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Until it wasn't. Right after you crossed the border too. I know. So a few miles, a few miles. So we had crossed in from uh, the Yukon and we did top of the world. 
and we came in and we uh, went through a border and we're in Alaska and we get on and top of the world. Actually, the road on top of the world was not nearly as bad as even the Canadian border agent had led us to it's believe. Gravel, it's but, gravel, but yeah, it's, it's so doable. Totally it was doable fine. for our rigs and for our setups and we were really comfortable. So we cross in and now we have this beautifully like black top. It's just smooth as ice. And we're all like, you're like, oh, yeah, America oh, does yeah, it right. Yeah, you know, we're <laughs> yeah. all like feeling it. When there's dancing happening. There's all, and we're going and we're going. And then, boom, that road just stops. And it is 27 <laughs> miles of. Uh, exactly, 27 uh, miles. We, not, yeah, not that we were all counting it, but we literally <laughs> were. And it was just pothole and boom, 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 boom. And I was, I think I was driving that yeah, day. Yeah, I think you and I were both driving. And I was just like, this was really my first time having to navigate. Cause you'd get on and you just boom, 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 boom. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, boom, you'd hit something in the rig and you'd, and I'd be like, oh, babe, oh, oh no, I'm sorry. You know, and you're just thinking, what, we're never going to get out of this. I'm going to get back into that RV. Everything's going to be everywhere. Something's going to break mm-hmm. 27 miles. And when we pulled into this in Chicken, Alaska, we pull into this little downtown chicken, downtown chicken into the chicken saloon where they have free RV camping for the night right Mm -hmm. there. And you've got the saloon and a restaurant and a little gift shop. And the we ceiling pulled, is covered in underwear. In the saloon. Burnt in the underwear. saloon. Yep. And we Burnt uh, underwear that was shot out of a cannon. Yes. <laughs> That's actually true. It's very true. But you we pulled in there and uh I just, you, I got out and I still felt like I was just like going <laughs> like this. Like it took a lemon drop martini to like shake off the, the shakes. Yes. I was served a lemon drop martini in a bar in chicken, Alaska with underwear on the ceiling. Like that was my life at one point. Yes. And that was, that was, thank you. I mean, that is the advertised that they wanted to serve me a lemon drop. It was on their specials. And I I was like, well, let's go. Like, this is a place where most people would just be ordering a, a domestic beer. <laughs> that was that was Bush Light territory, and I went in and was like, I'll take a lemon drop martini. No, no, this is Bush Light territory right here. <laughs> I don't think anyone consumes okay, more Bush know. Light than Iowa. Uh, probably not. Like, like they that's, think that's a statistic. That's, uh, that's probably true, but. We had, we pulled into there. So chicken, and I know you're going to ask people what a highlight is. Chicken was a highlight for me, like a hundred percent. You know, in the winter, they have a population of four. There's four people that will stay in chicken. They get their uh, mail on an airplane and it's, it's one it's gas station, no, uh, no, one gas pump or one gas pump party. And it was at the saloon at the saloon, but in the saloon, and it was $6. Hmm. We had gone in there and there were other RVers that were there too, you know, and it was real, just like, kind of like a little celebratory, like the vibe was just like really good. And they had even on the back walls, tiny little saloon, just like little one bar. And they have on the back wall, they have a record player back there. And then they've just got walls, like a wall of records, all different kinds of records. They had Liza with a Z from New York, like the Liza Minnelli live concert. <laughs> they stuff. had, they had like, uh, I think some Metallica. They had, I think they had Yes Dad. Like I, they had, I know, I right? Like they had, and so I asked if I could go, like, can I play an album? I'm like going over there and I'm looking through it. They had some show tunes. I came across uh, Weezer's Blue album. And I was like, there we go. That's what I'm putting on. So I put on Weezer's Blue Album in Chicken, Alaska, drinking a lemon drop martini. 
and that whole album played in that bar, and we just hung out in there. The kids were back at the rig, enjoying their Starlink, and we just had like this cool night. We met some locals. We saw. We it it saw just moose. was awesome. We saw oh, a mama and her baby, yeah. and it was just yeah. uh, you can't you can't make a reservation for that. Yeah, it just happened. We just happened to be there at the right time for us. And uh, I, I just, I really loved that night. Like that was, that was a good night. Well, my spot will be, um, will be Denali National Park. I was dreaming of going to Denali the whole time, but um, being able to actually camp out past the road closure, mm -hmm. where most cars aren't able to go, and when you, when you have a reservation at this campground, you are able to drive on the road that only the buses go on, and just being able to drive out on a national park road like that um, without seeing really any other vehicles except maybe one or two buses mm -hmm. was was really wonderful. Well, and we got to take our bikes out onto that road too, which mm -hmm. to bike out there and uh, experience some of the the wilderness hikes that we went on and just, yeah, Denali Although was... after talking to our ranger afterwards, I'm not sure we should have biked on that road because... Apparently the bears love chasing bikers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They do have the most problem with wildlife encounters for well, cyclists. Yeah. I mean, not that our electric bike was out running any kind of bear, but uh, thankfully we did not encounter a bear while we were out on our morning bike ride. Um, and I'm still glad that we did it. And I'm glad I didn't know that <laughs> before we did it. Cause I probably would well, have gone. They did tell gone. us that if you, if you do encounter a bear to stop and don't try to outrun it on your bike, even. Um, because it will chase you. So. Well, is it a curious bear or whatever? I can't remember. What was the other defensive. type of defensive Is defensive bear. or curious mm. bear? We got a lot of lessons Either on the one, difference. You're not supposed to run on your bike. I just still yeah. couldn't no. figure out how you could tell the difference without asking. You ask, <laughs> excuse me, are you curious today or are you feeling excuse defensive? Yeah. <laughs> and then they will tell you. So I'm bear curious. Favorite Alaska moments from you guys. Well, speaking of bears, um, I think the coolest thing that our family did was we went with, um, we booked with Talon Air Service out of Soldatna to fly out to Big River Lakes um, on a float plane and spend the day fishing where the bears were fishing. And just, there were, I don't know, we counted like 18 oh, Alaska we, brown bears. Yeah, just it was all a whole community we were close of bears. Enough. We were in a little fishing boat. We were close enough to hear them like breathing. <laughs> I mean, they were super close and not like bothered by us in any way. Um, cubs and moms and bears fighting each other over salmon and just eating the salmon. Like we spent six hours out there on a perfect sunny day. We got so lucky with the weather. Mm -hmm. It was like perfect, like 65 and sunny and we fished and caught sockeye and our guide like cooked up a sockeye there on the boat for us. Like while we were watching the cubs play on this little Island and it was just like, one of the coolest things that are like, we all agreed it was like our favorite day ever on the way back. Oh, yeah. And, um, it was a, probably one of the priciest days ever, that we've had. <laughs> but it was like 100% worth it. We flew over a glacier on the way out kind of as like a surprise. It's something that they don't always do. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just like, when I think of Alaska and like all the magic of it, like that was, that was one of the coolest things. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't beat that. Just watching the Cubs play. I mean, that's, you know, close to my heart. 
You love watching the Cubs play. I knew you were going to do that. I was I waiting. Said that and I knew you were going to do that. Except this bear year. Bear Cubs, like literal bear Cubs. Because these Cubs didn't lose. Yeah, these Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> these Cubs were already in the playoffs. They were, yeah. That's a that's little a, fresh soon, right now. Yeah. That's a Cardinals that's fan sitting over there. That's a no. Cardinals fan for right. you. So. Dead last in the division this yeah, year. Ouch. Hey, none of us ouch. in the playoffs. So what is <laughs> Fly that W. That's right. Clay, do you have a moment that was your your top pick from Alaska? Uh, yeah, our Alaska souvenir. <gasps> oh, God. Frankie. Frankie. Oh, I was like, our puppy. oh, what? Uh, <laughs> Not that kind. Sorry, that that shit has sailed too. Um, The dog. It's close enough. Yeah, this is basically. He is the newest member of our family. Jamie, yeah, babies him. So you got you got Frankie in Homer, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, right out on the Homer spit. Yep. Yep, out on the Homer spit at a coffee shop. He was there with his foster mom. He was the last in the litter and needed a home. And we said, what? Yeah. Because you had been talking about potentially getting a on dog. On our summer list, getting a puppy was on the list. And it's then true. specifically about maybe getting one in Alaska. Yep. The kids wanted a husky. He's not a husky. Yeah. He's not. But he's great. <laughs> he's perfect for us. We left with stuffed animal dogs. Yeah. You left with an actual an dog. dog. <laughs> like, and the, my kids looked at me like, so we get a stuffed animal. <laughs> they get to leave with a dog. And I was like, yup. That's exactly how that go next Sorry, door if you we need to see a dog. To you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's, what was nice about traveling with somebody with pets is our kids got to play with yeah. your pets and we didn't have to buy one. You can go walk. You can go walk stink. You can go walk Frankie. You can go hang out over there and snuggle up with them. But no, they can't. They're not coming home with us. They're no going home with them. Like no one's walking Stink anymore. No, Abby. Stink is barely walking you need himself. To get stink a stroller. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, I I said I would baby wear him. I told you, you'd give me a little sling. I would carry that Chihuahua <laughs> around. I would have done it all. I, I would have. I actually, before we got rid of our old baby carrier, I did try carrying yeah. Stink in it once, and he liked it. Stink yeah. is yeah. a mangy old Chihuahua. <laughs> Oh, sorry. So there, lovely. There's an audience here. There, yeah, were, uh, there were bets as to whether he would make it through the end of this trip, and he did. He did. Some He's, of us are happy he made it, and some of us No, aren't. all of us are happy. Stink is kidding. the goat. Stink is the goat of this whole adventure. <laughs> this dog will not stop. He's, he is amazing. He's no teeth left, very little hair. Yeah, and mm. he's actually named Dink, correct? We didn't name him, but yes. But yeah, but it he's, no, he's named Stink Okay, now, so yeah. it's morphed into Stink. So. I, every now yeah. and then, though, I do, when you're angry at him, I do hear you call him by his Christian name. You're thinking of <laughs> Christian name. Yes. When we christened Dink him, he Schumacher. was Dink. <laughs> However. <laughs> Don't eat your poop again. <laughs> Stop right. it. Let's, talk, let's, yeah. for, uh, let's wrap this up by talking about some fails of, of the whole journey. Uh, mine, by far, the top one for me was breaking my fingers just weeks before we left. Um, I was, you know, working on, I don't even remember why I was up on a roof measuring something for our solar panels or something and came down off the ladder. We've talked about it in the past, but I broke my finger on the ladder coming down by letting my ring get caught on the ladder as I hopped off of it. 
didn't fall or anything. I just hopped off the ladder and my it's, ring just stayed. It's really mine and Abby's fault because we jinxed it. You did. They, they, I they filmed were like it. Sitting in I our was, site watching and I was like, oh, he's on the roof. Abby's, and then I said, I better turn around and film this for insurance reasons. So I turned around and started filming it and I was filming him and I zoomed in on him and the, the footage stops at the minute his head disappears, because he was going down the ladder, at the minute it disappears and you can't see it. And at that exact moment when I stopped recording was when he was catching his ring, ripping his finger. So we have all this footage up until, boom, the moment. And then he comes around and he's yelling over there, I need you to come over here. I think I broke my finger. And I'm just like, what? And <laughs> I think I broke my finger. I knew I oh, either well, yeah, did it was my like finger or, or just completely, I didn't know what word to use for it mm-hmm. because like, I was like, did I just completely like separate it? Is that in my head? I'm like, well, is that actually broken? Did I actually break the bone or is like the joint <laughs> no, dislocated or whatever? No. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it was because that's what was important. That was the important thing. Yeah. It, was, it yes. was definitely broken. It was hanging in a way that yeah. I said, I can't look at that again. So yeah. Right. It what, was. what about you guys? <laughs> Thank you. Thankfully, that was the only major injury. Well, yeah. we had a couple falls, <laughs> nothing major. On the trip. Um, the black tank? The black tank was our, our black tank. biggest <laughs> fail. Um, so in our Airstream, the it's a macerator toilet, and the black tank is not right under the toilet. And there's a pipe. So there's like a pipe that goes into it that's like separate. And for a couple of days, I'd been like, man, it kind of smells. Like, what's going on? I guess we're out in the hot sun, and the tanks are kind of full. And so we were driving from like a beach with no hookups to like a full hookup campground. And we're like, yeah, we'll just not dump. We'll go dump at the place and it's pretty full, but whatever. And you know, it's pretty bumpy and we hadn't realized that, well, so we go to open. I'm like, man, it really smells. And I'm like, we stopped for a while at a pull off and I'm like, there's like Mm -hmm. stuff dripping out of here. Something's wrong. Like, I don't understand. And we, (laughs) we finally get to our campground and I open the compartment where we like keep our, which is where the pipe goes in where we like keep our leveling blocks and stuff. And it's just um, covered in stuff that should be in the black tank. Black tank. Um, and it's because it's a macerator. It's just all mixed together. It's like a soup. Sludge. And, Sludge. <laughs> and it's <is> just everywhere. <laughs> Luckily, it was like a very easy fix. Like this hose clamp had just come loose. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it was ever tight. We because don't know because we just never drove with it full and we wouldn't have known because it was just like splashed it just up out sat, of it. It was probably just so sitting bad. on top of the tank the whole time, right? Because the PVC was, comes down into so it. So we had to like take, it's like underneath yeah. where one of our daughter's beds is. And so we had to like take mm-hmm. the bed up off and like take everything apart, like clean it all up. And I have, I have a lot of video of you cleaning it up and me saying oh we need to gosh. burn this place down and start <laughs> over. Yeah. <laughs> was, that would have... You're three yeah. months old, Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's done now. Yeah. It's over. I can't handle it. Yeah. I'm not living here anymore. Yeah. Eventually, the smell did go away. It did. And luckily, nothing is um, wood well, or anything in like, in the construction of the stream or the underbellies. So. I might just be nose blind to it, though. Come to think of it. <laughs> it could still be there. Oh, yeah, it does our rig smell terrible? No, we go in and it doesn't smell. No. no. It just smells like a candle in there. It's just, totally it's just, it smells like anthropology. Just like right? It just, it like, it just, just like smells like an anthropology in there. I'm always right at home. It's fine. <laughs> so. any, any other fail moments? I got a couple more. 
no, I'll let. I was going to say, you go. You'll probably. I can't think of anything. Well, we did. We just so we decided to get ours out early. So we got we had a flat tire our first day in Baja, Mm -hmm. um, which was. Uh, pain because we didn't think we had a jack. Even though I don't think I've told you guys this, we cleaned the truck out when we got oh, back did, here, yeah. and the the jack was actually in there. Yeah, you mentioned <laughs> I, that. I still can't figure out why we didn't try to get ours out. Like I, I, I remember was, talking about it. The sun was it. getting to yeah. us. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Just wanted um, to get to the winery, and then I do remember uh, when we were in Fairbanks, you guys had the the lock on your hitch pin. Oh, the only day that you wouldn't really want to call a locksmith. And by the way, in Alaska, you know, they don't have fireworks on the 4th of July. And we didn't find out until the 4th of July. Uh, we didn't get to see it. But if we had known about this, we would have gone to it. They push mm-hmm. cars off a cliff. I know. To <laughs> celebrate the 4th of July. I didn't. Did we not tell you this? No, no I didn't I know that it. even I now. That. I, I knew you'd be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. There's How did we miss out on I know. This? We're going to have to go back. <laughs> like, it's just a missed opportunity. Like, they they yeah. just push cars uh, off Yeah, you cliff. saved our butts on that one. Because well, it was like, yeah, because we had the walking pin. And yeah. That, and you never think of stuff like that going wrong for you. But mm-hmm. you had. The, the, the sort of locking pin that holds your hitch in. And, and we had, we had, the we had taken off. the hitch off. Yeah. And we needed to put it back on so we could hitch so we up could to move. And we couldn't get the hitch pin off. So we couldn't put the hitch back yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And that made me think I'm never buying a locking hitch pin. I, although I want one, but I mean, what do you do if that happens? I guess you drill, you it, drill out. it out like yeah. you did. <laughs> but the reason I brought this stuff up is that because a lot of people are always asking me, what went wrong on your mm-hmm. your trip and i think overall for us like we had some issues but like most of those issues probably would have happened wherever we were mm-hmm. like your black tank issue might have been related to your weight distribution hitch being too tight and yeah. that could happen where we could have got a flat tire wherever i I definitely broke my finger before we got into Baja. So it was Well, and you did go to an ER while we were in Alaska I as well. I visited three so ERs we, in this entire yes. journey. Um, yes. That's besides the point. Uh, but <laughs> we, but I guess my point being ER like, there bingo. wasn't anything that was like wildly difficult about what we did. And I think it's something that people shouldn't be really too scared about. I think a lot of the fear is you're not going to have anybody there to help you fix it. But I think Mm -hmm. everywhere we were, there was always somebody, whether there was other RVers or, or what, there was always somebody that would have been able to help, even if we weren't together. Well, I I think think when we came back down, we did come Mm -hmm. separately. And I mean, even if something had gone wrong for either of us and it didn't really, I mean, other than I guess our water heater broke and our microwave broke, and the <laughs> door fell off under the sink. And stuff happens to airstreams too. <laughs> yeah. It does. It absolutely does. Stuff happens to airstreams as well. But yeah. Our my water point heater is, didn't break. It started shooting water out the side of the room. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we <laughs> we were really big on traveling together, and it was really good to be traveling together. But I think a lot of the um, especially like going to Baja or being out on the roads in Alaska, we were thinking like, oh, we really want to make sure we have someone with us. This is like another plus of traveling together. Mm-hmm. By the by, the end of it, I think we were both like, eh, yeah. you know, actually like there will be someone, right. you know, yeah, it's, which is I cool. Mean, I think it's great to care of in, but like don't let not having someone to care yeah. of in with stop you. Exactly. Like my exactly. Like if you can, it's great. I would do it. 
um, yeah. it's easier, I think. It's to have definitely on. a good way to sort of get your, especially if you're going on one of these caravan tours where people have mm-hmm. already been to these places to get your feet wet. I mean, for us, I think mm-hmm. we were all, you were very, very well researched. You watched every single video on, on Baja that exists, I think. Um, but I, I think we were, they're just having somebody else with you did make mm-hmm. you feel more comfortable definitely throughout the trip. Yeah. Well, Jamie and Clay Schumacher, uh, we have had such a wonderful time traveling with you, getting to know your family and, uh, our kids getting to, you know, be very close friends with your kids. It's been such an epic adventure and we're sad to see it really come to a close. We'll definitely be camping together again, I'm sure. But, um, but thank you so much for spending all the time you did with us on this adventure and for, um, you know, putting up with all our shenanigans <laughs> thank along you the way. It, there were a we, lot of shenanigans. We um, definitely became a, a, a family over the, over that time and, you know, everything that comes along with that, but it was a, <laughs> it was a wonderful adventure and, and, we uh, we're so happy to have, have done it with you guys. Yeah. Same. So thanks for being there, guys. That you can yeah. find Jamie and Clay at their podcast, which they also started at the beginning of this journey, basically. In Baja. Right? Well, um, sort of. No, right after. What was right after we started re- We started recording <laughs> in California, but yeah, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No. Thank well, you. actually, why don't I have you do yeah, the pitch where can for we, the podcast? Yeah, where, where can, can we, we find, find you? you? That's what we ask people. Where can we find where you? Where can people hear more about you? <laughs> you can find us at um, Letters from the Road podcast and um, at our Substack, Letters from the Road. Well, I guess we just have a website now. It's Letters from the Road Pod.com. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a, a break. And when we come back, we'll Thank check you. the level of our tanks. You know, when you get outdoors, it changes your perspective on things. You feel relaxed. You're inspired to be more active. You discover new places. And it's the perfect time to shift how you see things. And an e-bike is a great way to do it. We've been traveling with electric e-bikes now for um, for a year, and they've been great for finding what you can see in national parks and for getting in front of the campground without having to lug the truck everywhere. Plus, you save a bit on traditional transportation costs like gas, parking, park maintenance. Electric e-bikes ship free, they can be fully assembled, and they're foldable for easy travel and storage anywhere you go. Electricebikes.com to learn more about their wide selection of e-bikes. They just $7.99 with the X light. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E bikes.com. You can even get financing as low as $77 a month so you can get started today. If you've been RVing for a while, you know that it's that if your RV will break down, but when and pants and labor costs are only going up. That's where wholesale warranties comes in. With personalized RV warranties designed to cover those hefty repair bills and get you on the road where you belong. With wholesale warranties, you enjoy exclusive perks like taking your RV to any repair facility in the U.S. or Canada, including mobile mechanics. And their fully insured plans also come with tire and wheel coverage claims supremes for the life of your policy term term and more visit wholesalewarranties.com today to get a free quote and travel with peace of mind on your next rv trip all right 
we are back, and it is time to check the level of our tanks. And that is sponsored by our friends over at Matt's RV Reviews, Liquefied RV Toilet Tank Treatment. I'm pretty sure I said that wrong, but that's okay, because you can check it out over at our Amazon store at amazon.com slash shop slash RV Miles. All right, Jay, what is in your black tank this week? Uh, my black tank is one of our favorite pieces of gear that I have always loved. And I talked about this morning when we had our little get-together and talked about all of our favorite pieces of gear. Our landing uh, landing pad from Blue Ridge Chairworks has been our front doormat for like six years now. It's this great um, wooden mat that we use to uh, use with our outdoor shower to wash the kids off. You can put it in bathhouse showers and uh, keep your feet off the ground. And it has been our front door mat keeping our, our feet out of the mud. They no longer sell it. I told everybody oh. about it this morning, and then I went to go share the link with everybody, and they don't sell it anymore. So I would love to know if anybody knows of an alternative, because even like the plastic versions that An like Anderson makes a plastic version, I think Camco does too, but both of those are like out of stock now. Mm -hmm. So, and, and they're also like bright orange and red. So who wants that on their front door? But I would love to know if anybody has an alternative, please let us know. Yeah. You can leave a comment. If you're watching this on YouTube, just leave it down in the description. Or of course you should come over and join the RV miles Facebook group. We always have a little thread every week about the episode. We'd love to hear your suggestions. And of course, any of your thoughts on this week's episode. All right. What is in your fresh tank? Uh, so, here we're having this rally here at the Amana RV park. And at the same time, there's another rally going on here, a small rally of EV owners that, that uh, travel with RVs. They're all, I think they're all trucks um, that pull trailers. I don't think there's anybody that's in like a, 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 some other sort of electric camper. No Tesla's Jamie's over there. Jamie's shaking her head that there is. A Model <gasps> Y that pulled a 27-foot Airstream from Canada. So I gotta it, go over and talk so to them. So if you, uh, one of those people think it's not realistic that people can tow with an electric vehicle, it looks like there's a decent amount of people doing it. And if you think about it, nowadays, like the Rivians, it seems like if you're pulling a small trailer with something like that, that maybe you can get about 150 miles out of it, which sounds terrible, but like charge once for lunch and then you've got a 300 mile travel day we we rarely go over 300 miles in a travel day we rarely go 150 miles before someone needs to pee so <laughs> it's it totally works in with our bathroom schedule yeah check the price on the rivians though <laughs> oh, those are expensive what's in your black tank this week okay so my it's kind of a grayish tank the black tank part of it is going to go to me but the fresh tank part of it is going to go to the person that located the item for me. So uh, I rushed out here today to go and pick up pizza, but I needed to go over to the Target that was next door to the pizza place and get a few things that we needed here. And I just was like, oh, I'm just going to take my little wallet that like hangs off of my wrist here. It'll be really quick. I'm going to run in really fast. I was in there for 10 minutes. And at some point in that 10 minutes, I took the wallet off my wrist and I set it down somewhere. I don't know where I set it down. I have no idea. I'm going to go check out. And I'm like, I've got my phone because I always just use like, you know, Apple Pay anyway. And I'm, I'm going to pay and I'm thinking, hey, where's my red card? Like, um, oh, and then I'm like, hey, where's my wallet? And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. So I go over to customer service, guest relations, and I'm like, hey, did anyone turn in this green like wrist wallet? And they're like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm like, within the last 10 minutes? No, I'm sorry. We don't have it. 
And I'm like, oh no, oh no. So I'm like going to retrace my steps because I went to a few other places and looked at a few other things that weren't actually on my list, but I needed, you know, so I had wandered a lot in the store. So I'm like kind of trying to retrace where I'd gone. I'd gone over to the clothes, you know, and I'm like walking around and all of a sudden I hear, I hear over the speakers, Will the lady who was looking for her green wallet please come to guest relations? And I was just like, oh, my God, that's me. So uh, I went over there. And so Black Tank to me for my continued sort of like brain fog where I do something and don't even realize I'm doing it. But a big fresh tank to the person who found this wallet because this wallet had a lot of money in it. It had my whole life inside of it. And they just took it right up to gas relations and made sure that it got back to me over the loudspeaker at Target, a Target I can never go back to now. I so. suppose this is a good time to tell you. My, my mom is like waving her finger at me back there. That is, that is sign language for Abigail Lee. Abigail Lee. I know I'm going to get a talking to I, after I suppose this. this is the time to tell you that I found your wallet sitting on a table over here and I stuffed it in a bag back there. Oh, great. I said, okay, thank you. Because <laughs> I didn't know I'd done that either. All right, that's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for our We um, did our it, y'all. So thank you very much for sticking with us. This is not normally how long a show goes. So thank you to everyone that's out here. Thank you to Jamie and Clay for joining us. Thank you to you at home. You're watching or listening. And please, until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep logging those RV miles. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.